everybody to first episode of Vocation Chats podcast from the other side of the altar. Yes, I did come up with that tagline yesterday. I like that. The very, other side of the altar. Right? Am I right? And I'm joined today with our very first interviewee, Father Christopher Celentano. Father Celentano, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners today? Hey, everybody. Uh, happy to be here with Father Jason Hage. Uh, and we're going to be talking about some interesting things today. So tune in, stay with us. Uh, I'm excited to be a part of this new project that uh, we know will continue to take off and be some good listening, whether you're at home or in the car. Uh, You want your kids to tune in, uh, pull these podcasts up. Amen to that. Great thing to listen to on the way to work, on the way back from work. And uh, the whole point of this podcast is just to give you uh, the listeners, uh, the human perspective of the priesthood. So we're going to be picking some some topics. Some will be lighthearted, some will be pretty serious, uh, but we just want to hear our priests from the diocese kind of talk out loud uh, how they think through these different issues in the church. Uh, and and hopefully through, through this podcast, we can get a better sense of the humanity of the priest, uh, that he's a real person too. And, and hopefully that can inspire more vocations, uh, especially young men discerning the priesthood who are thinking like, oh, if I'm called to the priesthood, it means I have to be somebody else, somebody I'm not. When God calls you as you are for who you are, calls your personality, totally taps into that. Uh, and I think Father Celentano's one, as I've known him uh, many years now, is this guy's just like fully alive in Christ and is very comfortable with his humanity. You're a guy who's just comfortable in his skin, bro. I guess you could say that. Absolutely. Um, s- sometimes some people might say I'm a little too comfortable in my skin, <laughs> but uh, we're here to, to, to bring the heat, so to speak, and, and talk about uh, whatever you have uh, on, on, on deck, buddy. Absolutely. So I, I think the, just to create a good hook for our first episode today, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Are you, are you ready for this, Father? Oh, what elephant would that be, Jason? Begins with a C. Salivacy, bro. Ooh. Oh, man. So, oh. yeah, we are. That's right. We're going for it today, people. We're we are, coming in hot. We're coming in super hot. Going to spit super hot fire. I don't even know what that means, but the kids say it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like the elephant in the room is celibacy, you know, and guys I work with in discernment. And that's always like the one thing where people are just like, how? Why? Yeah, I'll tell you, even people who aren't affiliated with the church. I mean, if you're out and, and you're in public or you're at a, you know, a friend's place or a family event and you meet people you don't know that are in your circle and they, they're, they're not Catholic or maybe they're kind of raised Catholic, like ultimately after they find out you're a priest, if you're not in your, your gear, that's the first question they ask. Absolutely. Even I feel bad for my siblings because like, they, you know, they work downstate, two of them work in Manhattan. Every time they're out, they're like, oh, your brother's a Catholic priest. They're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like that means he can't <laughs> get married. And have kids. You're like, you seriously, for your whole life, you're, 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 just, you're just not gonna? Yeah, they're like, it's almost like, uh, it, it's mind-blowing, you know? And, and I think that celibacy for the priest is really a countercultural thing. And, and, and that's even an understatement, right? It's almost a sign of contradiction. So I think, like, here's an example, Father Chris. Like, sometimes people will approach me, and, and they'll be like, you know, out of a good heart, goodwill you know, they really care for me or concerned, and maybe you've experienced this before too, they'll come up to you and they'll be like, hey, you should be able to get married. Oh, how do you feel about Ooh. that? What do you think about that? You know what I think? Uh, I'll give you an, an analogy real quick. It'd be like going up to a couple uh, when you're together and you know they've been married for a while and looking at one of the spouses and saying, you should really be able to get a different spouse. 
you know? Like, maybe that whole polyamory thing that they're, they're handing out in the culture isn't, isn't such a bad thing. Like, seriously, for a minute, like, they have to realize, like, the insult, first and foremost, that it is to someone at their state in life. Mm. You know, and, and I think this goes across the board, right? Somebody who's single might, might get it for, for marriage. Like, why aren't you married yet? You know, looking at that. But certainly with priests, it's like their conception or idea regarding celibacy, and hence our loneliness or suffering or whatever is attached to that, they project that on us and feel as though they're doing a favor for the church. But in a sense, what they're doing is they're really missing out on the beauty of celibacy with like an insult, which I know a lot of people don't intend it that way. Right, right. Because you take your time with them and you explain to them, you're like, you know, that's really, I'm, I'm chosen, I, I chose this and, and I'm happy. It, it's like blows their mind. Right, absolutely. And, I, and you even heard this term out there sometimes. And again, people who care for you, love you, very concerned, uh, sometimes they'll say, like, Father, I just wish they'd get rid of forced celibacy. Like, is it forced on us? Because you just mentioned that this is something you prayed about, you discerned for years, potentially? Yeah, I thought we weren't supposed to talk about what happened at Celibacy Club. I thought, like, <laughs> when, when, they, when they put us on, like, the, the, those uh, medieval machines to torture us into saying yes, that we, we don't talk about that. I thought we were skipping <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Celibacy no. Club. It's awesome. No, seriously, like, like, right? I mean, yeah. It, this is something that we pray, with, pray through, pray with. Uh, when I was in seminary, like, my friends were getting married. Uh, my brother was having children, uh, and I was with people the whole experience of life. Was it challenging at times? Absolutely, it was challenging. Which I think was God's providence for us to see that and to pray through it. Yeah, absolutely. I know it even in my own life when I attended, like. You know, my brother's wedding or seeing him have kids for the first time. Uh, it just like hits you in real ways and, and meaningful ways. Uh, but it's amazing that especially in seminary, we had spiritual director. We had a mentor who we would pray through and reflect on this. Do I feel called to this way of life? So I've heard celibacy referred to as a vocation within a vocation. So there's the vocation of the priesthood. But then there's like this second level of discernment of just discerning the call to celibacy and so somebody might say, well, that's super countercultural, that, that kicks against the goad, like, you know, it's a sign of contradiction. You know, like your biology, you know? Like. <laughs> right, right. But for you, Father Chris, like, what would you say the beauty of celibacy is, the call to celibacy? And can we see celibacy even as a gift? Oh, absolutely. I think if I had gone, uh, if I hadn't realized the gift that it was uh, in prayer and in, in seminary with, you know, good conversations with mentors, spiritual director, with brothers— uh, and looking at other priests live it in a healthy way. Uh, if I didn't go from seeing celibacy, or at least listening to the popular culture, which was it's it's a burden placed on us, to seeing it as a gift, I I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be a priest. I don't think. I think I would have walked a long time ago, and that's because I realized like the depth of it, like rooted in the person of Jesus Christ. And for us as priests called to be celibate, you know, I can't think of any more uh, important words than when we speak. This is my body. Like we're on that altar and we say the Lord's words and he's working through us that we stand uh, as a symbol uh, and also stand sacramentally as Christ. So I and you, we have offered our bodies for our spouse, the church, as Christ himself does that and has, has done that and does that perpetually through us. And I think that's a beautiful thing that you just brought up is, is the idea that celibacy really is, is taken on as a priest because we're, we're standing in solidarity with Jesus who is celibate. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think I think the theological reasons for it are important. And this is where, like, even some of my brother priests, I would say, guys, stop talking about the practical aspects of celibacy because it's not about practicality, right? Some right. people say, well, listen, no, now you can give yourself completely to the, to the church and you don't have to worry about your wife. Is that true? Absolutely. But don't lead with that. When people have questions, go into the mystical union of, of Christ. Like, the fullness of Jesus, like the like who he is, the fact that he's this perfect marriage of humanity and divinity, and Christ himself is present in us. Now, is it true that man was made for a woman, woman made for man? Like, yes, we, we were. So we stand as a symbol of Christ, um, and yet a symbol of brokenness, mm, incompleteness. Beautiful. Yeah. Right? So so we're called to the heavenly marriage feast. And this is true for any Christian, any Catholic. In fact, anybody who's born, who, who they're made in the image and likeness of God to be with God forever in heaven. And, and the invitation is to keep our eyes on heaven when we see a celibate person. Absolutely. Yeah, it's totally like, uh, uh, it's a sign. It, it points you directly to, to heavenly realities immediately, right? Where in heaven will be brother and sister right, and, re and complete relationship, total relationship with, with our God. Uh, and I think it's interesting, just hearing what you said, that even our own bishop, Bishop Lucia, has mentioned to the priest that it's okay if we begin to wear the wedding bands. Like, some of us might choose not to do that. Like, I know I'm just terrible at wearing jewelry, and it, I always Same. fiddle with it, and I'll, and I'll, like, take it off, and then I'll lose it. But, like, even that idea that our, our own bishop says, like, no, like, as a priest, you're called to be a husband and a father, because you stand in persona Christi, which means you stand behind the altar as the bridegroom in relationship to his bride, the church. So you re re should really see yourself as a spouse. Amen, brother. I mean, some of the, the most impactful time I spent reflecting on those things, was I did the Institute for Priestly Formation Spiritual Direction Training, and I know you were on Great program. a 30-day with them. Absolutely. But we focused, which was so beautiful, on, on what the priest is, and husband, father, chase spouse, like all those images, and just taking them to prayer helped, us, helped me personally, and I, I know my brothers who were in that class, realize the depths, uh, the... the the mystical depths of, of our calling. Absolutely. Right? Like such a beautiful way. And if we're not tuning into that, and if we're just stuck in the practical, we're, we're, then, then yes, our lives will be empty. Yes, our lives will be loneliness or lonely. But here's the thing too, right? Lonely, everybody's lonely. Right. No right? one's exempt. No, not at all. Yeah. I, I remember when I was in seminary, a good buddy of mine, he was a, a Baptist growing, in, uh, growing up as a Baptist, and then he be became a Catholic and, and went to seminary with us, and uh, he still had a lot of good friends in the Protestant circles, and he, he would say to them when they would say, well, you're going to be lonely, and he said, you're telling me you'd never been lonely when you're lying next to your spouse? I feel like that loneliness would sting, and, it, and at first you're like, whoa, you actually said that, <laughs> <laughs> but he said, you know, it led to some really good de uh, deep conversation, because then, then it opened the door for them to talk about their own loneliness, Right? Absolutely. Because sometimes that people go into marriage, you know this, we walk a lot with people in marriage, is they're looking for someone to complete them. The mm. little old uh, Jerry Maguire line, Absolutely. you complete me. Now, they were looking for somebody to complete them. But you had me a hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The human head weighs, what, eight pounds? I think that was the, the line. <laughs> that little guy. Um, yeah, but the, the, the idea is if normal people don't. In fact, just in general, if you look at the statistics worldwide, we are more lonely than we have ever been. Isn't that the craziest thing, especially in this world that we say it's the most connected and there's social media and there's all these different things. Like the fact that we would experience more isolation and loneliness and then you throw a pandemic to it and you got social distancing and all these things. So oh, like yeah. 
Father Chris, like in your own experience of all of that, can you begin to tell the listeners today about the difference between loneliness and solitude? Yeah, well, um, being in a life of solitude, or at least having times and moments of solitude, uh, is peace. In fact, I would, I would say that um, like a mom with several kids or a dad with several kids, and, and they're the ones who are staying home, and the children go to bed, they have solitude. Mm. A sense of peace, right? Like that, that they can be alone if they're alone, that they can be alone with their thoughts. Perhaps they, that, that leads to prayer, um, which is a good place to be. Um, loneliness is, is really, it's that feeling which we all have had before, that, um, you know, I, I'm by myself. And uh, it's hard to articulate the words because people feel them. And I think this is why it's such, a, such an important thing, or at least a worry of, of parents whose sons decide to go to seminary or friends of ours or people who just think it's kind of crazy is they feel loneliness or they think they see loneliness. Where the priest lives a life um, where he has plenty of interactions with people and plenty of relationships. I mean, good friends and, and is in, involved in all sorts of people's lives. But solitude uh, is is kind of like just, it's an essential piece of, of the priesthood as well. And that's why a prayer life is is vitally important. Like, what do you do for an hour? Well, sometimes <laughs> I just chill with Jesus. Like, sometimes I'm just chilling with him. Sometimes I'm like... Like, Lord, uh, my brain is going 240. I don't, I don't know what we need to do. Or this situation's happening. Or other times, like, Lord, thank you for, for this gift. Uh, but in solitude, in, in, the, in the solitude that comes with prayer, um, that's where I'm filled up. Yeah, I was just thinking that. It's like a, a glass of cold water on a hot day, right? And I know, like, when Pope Francis talked about, you got to have the smell of the sheep, like, the second part of that quote that we often miss is, oh, and the smile of a father, and then the rest of the paragraph, he talks about like feeling that fatherly exhaustion that actually brings joy in life. And oh, it yeah. sounds like what you're saying is like when you go to those moments of solitude, especially during your holy hour or other moments of prayer through the day, when you're alone, right, that all of a sudden you recognize that you're never alone and that the place of refreshment in your life as a priest is actually in those moments of silence and yeah. of quiet. Yeah, in the silence, right? Like I think it was Cardinal Sarah that said uh, God's language is silence. Yeah, right. There it is. People say, well, what do you do, right? What do you do? The yeah. holy hour. I forget the saint who said it, that I look at Jesus and Jesus looks at me. Maybe it was Mother, same Mother Teresa or, yeah, or right, some, yeah. something to the effect. But if you, if, you've, if you can give them something analogous in their life where it's, a, it's just a human experience where then they find that sense of peace and you say, okay, that's the call to prayer. Yeah. Absolutely. Like the Lord wants that. That's the Lord kind of nudging your heart and leading you in a particular direction so that you could come and, and experience intimacy with him. Right. And that's where you can transform those moments of loneliness into moments of solitude because you recognize when you're alone, you actually know who's waiting for you in that place of aloneness. Nice. Nice. Right? I like, I like how you did that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I think uh, just as we kind of land the plane here, as we wrap this up, um, this idea that like celibacy means that the priest is called to be a man of solitude but it also means he's called to be a husband and a father which means that he's not pulling away from human relationships in his celibacy he's actually called to pour himself out even more into those relationships because yeah. he's bridegroom in relationship to a bride his spouse of the church which means that his parishioners are his children his grandchildren and, and as he continues to pour himself out in imitation of Jesus on the cross, and, and as he re reenacts that every day on the altar, that, like, 
there's a joy there. Amen to that. That can't be replicated by anything on this earth because it's a joy that comes from heaven. That's true, man. So God's calling, right? You follow God's calling for your life. You will be so fulfilled. And I think that's the, that's the thing is that celibacy, in my experience, sounds like in yours, actually brings uh, fulfillment. A, a f- it, it causes you to have a full heart, a heart that's on fire with divine love. So brothers and sisters listening today, I just want to thank uh, Father Celentano today, Father Chris Celentano, uh, just for spending time with us to talk to us about this, this quote-unquote elephant in the room that actually is one of the most beautiful gifts and treasures that the church has, uh, this, this call to celibacy and this witness to the evangelical councils. So thanks be to God, Father Chris, we're praying for you, we love you, uh, continue, God continue to bless you in your priestly ministry and your, in your ministry as pastor of souls. Thanks, brother. And uh, I hope you guys can join us next month uh, as we look forward to our next topic and our next priest. Again, just a beautiful way uh, to hear from our priests about their perspective on real-life issues real-life topics uh, that come up in the life of the church. Spread the word. Spread the word is right. Tell them to tune in. Hope you guys enjoyed it. God bless you. And uh, if you want to know more, visit uh, at Vocation Syracuse on Facebook, Instagram, or vocationsyracuse.org. God bless. (laughs) 